Hello there, my name is McNeil and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about movies. We talk about movies that are currently playing in the theaters and topics related to cinema. If you like this type of content, be sure to follow my podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also support my podcast by telling your friends. And if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Movie Screen Quarantine episode. If you're new here, what I'm doing is I'm just talking about any topic regarding movies. I usually have a guest, but I don't have a guest today. This episode is going to be different from my normal ones. Today, I'm going to talk about why I love movies and what led me to start this podcast. This topic was actually suggested to me by my friend Noah Carr, who was on the last episode I released on Top 10 Favorite Opening Scenes, so be sure to check out that episode. The goal for this episode is for you guys to have a better understanding of me when it comes to my taste in movies, how I became a movie buff, and why I host this podcast. And because of the nature of this episode, I'm just going to talk a lot about some of my personal favorite movies as well. So long story short, this episode is really about my journey with movies. So sit back, relax, and grab some popcorn and a drink if you want because it's story time. Before I jump into this episode, be sure to follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at mcneil.and.friends.podcast. Message me through Instagram to let me know why you love movies or if you have any ideas you'd like me to talk about for the Movie Screen Quarantine series. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulliken. Letterboxd is where I post the movies I watch and write reviews. Also, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter. And lastly, you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon and support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. You can find a link that will take you to all these locations in the description of this episode. First of all, watching movies is one of my two primary hobbies. I've been playing music since I was seven years old, so music is a big part of my life and is a main hobby of mine. But before I even started playing music, I began to like movies more than the average person. I think for most people, when it comes to their hobbies, people generally can pinpoint a moment when they realize that they became very interested in a certain subject or activity. And pretty much for all of my life, I've been a huge movie buff, and I can pinpoint that moment when I realized that movies meant more to me than the average person. In 2005, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith was released, but I didn't see it in the theaters. 2005 was also the same year my parents were separated, so when my brother and I were at my dad's one time that year, we watched the Star Wars movies, and I think we had maybe watched some of them at my mom's, but I distinctly remember my dad taking my brother and I to Blockbuster back when that was a thing. Like we did a lot when we were younger, and we rented Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. So in 2005, I was five years old, and my brother was three. Anyways, later that night, my brother and I popped Revenge of the Sith in the DVD player and watched it, and I was just completely mesmerized by it. We thought we were also really cool, because our mom didn't want us to watch this particular Star Wars movie yet, and understandably so, considering our ages at the time and the material in the film, but... She had no idea since we were at our dad's. But anyways, I was so surprised at how dark this movie was compared to the others. And I loved the story and I loved how it wasn't a happy ending. And as a kid, you're always used to seeing the happy conventional ending. But I loved how this was just so different from anything I'd seen before. I'm not really sure what that says about me. But anyway, I loved this movie. It's still my favorite Star Wars movie to this day. And it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Since then, I have always been a huge Star Wars fan, and I've 
always been a huge comic book movie fan as well. And as I went into middle school, I got interested in other movie franchises as well, like Fast and Furious, Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, and plenty of other franchises. But superhero movies and Star Wars have always been the most important to me. But basically from a very young age and into middle school and early high school, I was only interested in watching movies that were part of some action or sci-fi franchise. I also liked watching action movies or disaster movies that weren't exactly part of franchises, but, you know, still big blockbusters. I didn't want anything to do with any other type of movie. I was generally very stubborn towards movies that weren't part of the franchises I liked or just movies I didn't want to watch and movies I wasn't interested in seeing. But, you know, as a boy between the ages of around 5 to 15, now what can you expect? Um, so, however, during that time frame, there were some movies that weren't part of those genres that were kind of the occasional exception that made an impact on me and still do to this day. Two of those movies are The Karate Kid and School of Rock. So everybody kind of has those movies they grew up with from a really young age, and those were the two for me. The Karate Kid was always fun to watch, and I'm also a musician, like I mentioned earlier, so watching School of Rock at a really young age was very inspirational for me. Another one of these movies was How to Train Your Dragon. This came out back in 2010, and I was 10 years old, and I'd actually just turned 10. Uh, I saw this movie, I think, after school one day in the, I guess it would have been fourth grade, and this movie was very special to me because I was able to relate to the main character, Hiccup, very well. Hiccup was a character in the movie around the same age as me, maybe slightly older, and I never experienced relating to a character before, and because of that, seeing this movie in the theaters having just turned 10 years old was very memorable. Also, kind of a cool side note, the How to Train Your Dragon series consists of three movies, and each time one of these movies came out, I saw it in the theaters, and Hiccup, like I said, the main character, has always had always aged just about as much as I had, and we were always in the same stage of life. Probably isn't something very interesting to most people, but it's a primary reason this franchise is really special to me, because I think that's just really cool that you know time kind of worked out that way. But on the subject of relatability, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty was another one of those movies that was the exception outside of uh, action and sci-fi blockbusters or franchises, and I was able to relate to the character, Walter Mitty, very well in this movie. I was 13 years old when this movie came out in theaters, and I went to see it with a friend of mine and his sister, who was very young at the time. And when I was in middle school and high school, all of my friends and I loved movies. But all of us were going to theaters all the time to see really any movie that teenage boys would be interested in seeing. And this time, though, since my friend's little sister was with us, like I said, she was really young at the time, we had to see a movie that was rated PG. But the only one out at the time we hadn't seen was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. But, you know, we weren't, like, super excited to see it or anything like that. It was just we had nothing else better to do. And I wasn't expecting to like it at all. In fact, I was just not looking forward to seeing this movie at all. But, you know, like I said, we had nothing else better to do, so that's just what we went to go see. However, I was absolutely blown away by this movie. And to this day, it's still one of my all-time favorites, and I think it's criminally underrated. I found that I was able to relate to Walter Mitty so much because he's this guy who's a major daydreamer, and he's constantly in his head. And he's always kind of secretly craved adventure, and, you know, those the qualities of this character were things that I was able to relate to very well. And I expected the movie to be crap. I really did. And I left the theater from seeing a movie that made a huge impact on me, which was really cool and memorable. Another one of these movies I'll elaborate on for a little bit is Interstellar. I saw Interstellar when I was 14 years old in 2014 in IMAX with some friends. And my friends and I generally went to go see any sci-fi movie we could that was appropriate for our age. But Interstellar was much different from any other movies we'd gone to see. 
We were used to seeing the sci-fi action movies most teenage boys wanted to see, but Interstellar was a very deep philosophical space adventure movie that deals with some very rich and heavy themes. And it has a very intricate plot and an ending that's very thought-provoking. And now, I was always interested in abstract ideas, even from a young age. When it came to movies, I only wanted explosions, though. Uh, However, Interstellar was the first movie to really get me thinking about the topics explored in the movie once I left the theater. And I thought about this movie so much that I started reading and researching the complex ideas and topics that played a big role in the plot of this movie. But no movie had ever made an impact on me like that at the time. But Interstellar wasn't the movie that made me want to find more movies that made impacts on me like this. I still stuck to my sci-fi action comfort zone for a while, but we'll get to the movie that made me want to branch out soon, though. Some other movies that were kind of the exception outside of movies I generally wanted to watch were Forrest Gump, Captain Phillips, Edward Scissorhands, and for whatever reason, The Day After Tomorrow, I had this bizarre phase for about a year in middle school where I only wanted to watch disaster movies, but The Day After Tomorrow was always my favorite for some reason. Also, I've been very vocal about this on my podcast, which is that I'm not a fan of comedy. However, growing up, I really liked the Adam Sandler comedies, and his comedy films are the only true slapstick comedies I actually like. For some reason, I've never been able to figure it out, but I think it's just I find Adam Sandler to be funny. But, you know, anyway, I guess I just have a weird sense of humor. But uh, one of the crucial things that led to me becoming a movie buff is something I've already touched on a little bit, but it's that... I went to the theaters a lot growing up. Lots of middle school kids and high school freshmen before they can drive, hang out at places like the mall or parks or somewhere like that, and they have their parents drop them off there. My friends and I definitely did that, but we went to the movies mostly. We were at the theater multiple times a month seeing any action or sci-fi movie we thought looked cool. We even saw the stupid, forgettable action flicks that were terribly received by critics and audiences, but but as 13-year-old kids, you know, we didn't care. We just liked the explosions and the fights. It was really fun. Uh, But we did this for years, and we were always super excited to go to the movies. And as we got to the age we could drive, going to the movies was something we still did a lot. Uh, I tried to branch out a bit when I was a freshman in high school by joining a movie club. And it was an after-school club that was supposed to meet, I think, like once a week to watch movies that were mostly critically acclaimed or cult classics. So these are a lot of movies I was very unfamiliar with. And some of the movies were rated R. So since we were in high school, we had to take home the list of movies that were going to be shown in this club and have our parents initial the ones that they thought were appropriate. And I only remember two of the movies that were on the list. There was The Matrix and Fight Club. There were plenty of others, but I remember my parents initialing uh, The Matrix. They let me watch The Matrix, but I don't think they signed by Fight Club. I was 14, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, The first week was The Matrix, and I remember leaving there thinking that movie was totally stupid. And this was a great example of me being stubborn because I really wasn't all that interested in it. I went in with a closed mind because I was like, I'm probably not going to like this. This is stupid. So I left thinking the same thing because I didn't give it a chance. Uh, but but now, The Matrix is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, but basically, right after that, right after watching The Matrix on the first week, the club got shut down because, from what I remember, there was a parent who must have been involved in the school in some way, shape, or form who didn't, who didn't have a kid in the club from what I remember, and they were not okay with teenagers being shown rated R movies, although we had parents and initialing which movies they deemed appropriate for their kids. Didn't really make any sense to me, but you know, there's probably more to that story, but that's what I know, and that's kind of my experience with a movie club for like a week. Um, 
During my freshman year of high school, though, we had to watch Edward Scissorhands in my English class, and I loved that movie. Again, that's another one of those movies that impacted me from a relatability standpoint, and it's still one of my favorite movies of all time to this day. I remember thinking the style of that movie was so distinct, and the music stood out to me as well, and that was the first time music in a movie had ever, you know, really stood out to me before. And I thought the music and the overall style and aesthetic were a, the perfect weird gothic combination. And that's something Tim Burton is known for. He's the director of Edward Scissorhands, and his movies generally have a gothic tone to them, and I've always really liked that. Though he does have some not-so-great movies, but Edward Scissorhands was that first really weird movie I liked. The next time I tried branching out was when I was probably 16, and I tried watching some horror movies. Now, I was the type of kid who was absolutely terrified by the thought of just watching a horror movie. The trailer for The Conjuring scared the crap out of me for weeks when I was 13 years old, but when I was 16, a bunch of friends of mine and I spent the entire July 4th holiday together and we watched three horror movies back-to-back in our friend's basement that actually happens to have no windows because it's completely underground, so that did not help our case with watching horror movies. It really uh, heightened the experience and made it even scarier. Uh, But we watched The Purge, Dark Skies, and The Conjuring all back-to-back. Now, remember, I hadn't really seen any horror movies before this at all, just trailers from you know, movie theaters or, you know, friends showing me trailers that were that who were actually interested in seeing horror movies. But I remember thinking The Purge was thrilling, but not scary. Uh, and then same with Dark Skies. I kind of thought the same thing with that. But however, The Conjuring spooked the crap out of me. But it was also interesting since it was based on a true story. So that had me, you know, engaged with the movie. And I, that wasn't something I was expecting with when it came to, you know, a horror movie. And though the true story aspect made it even more horrifying, I kind of liked the adrenaline rush from the suspense building and the jump scares. I liked the thrill of the scare, and some people don't, and you know, it's one of those things you either really like it or totally hate it, I totally get it if you, if you hate it. I wasn't expecting to like it, but I guess this is kind of the way I'm wired up or whatever. Uh, the Conjuring still had me wigged out for days, though, but after that, you know, I, I wasn't scared of any horror movies. It was, you know, I watched the first movie, and I was like, okay, that's, that's what it's like to be scared. Never mind. All right, that's fine. And then, you know, I just watch more horror movies and nothing ever fazed me since. That's just kind of me. But, you know, hey, whatever. Um, Horror is a genre I like, but I don't love it because there's a lot of crappy horror movies. And I've seen my fair share of stupid horror movies. Again, though, watching these horror movies still didn't get me to expand on my horizon, though, with movies and, you know, trying to become a movie buff. The specific movie that did that for me was Inception. And I've also been very vocal about this on this podcast, which is that Inception is my all-time favorite movie. And this is the movie that set me on the path to becoming a true movie buff. So I watched Inception for the first time back in 2016 when I was 16 years old. I think I was actually about to turn 17. uh, And my birthday is March 3rd, so it was earlier on in 2016. Uh, And I watched this movie with a friend of mine. I had always heard so many great things about this movie, and literally all I knew about it was that it had to do with dreams. Nothing else, that's all I knew. But it piqued my interest. I liked the idea of that topic. And right from the beginning, I knew this movie was nothing like I had seen before, and I was hooked. My eyes were literally glued to the screen for two and a half hours. I was so impressed and interested in the complex world that's in this movie. And then the ending of this movie happens. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but if you haven't seen this movie, you really should just go watch it right now. But anyways, the ending of this movie is incredible because of how ambiguous it is. And this ending and just the nature of this movie in general 
make for very interesting conversations because not everybody has the same interpretation of this ending or just this movie in general. And at this point in time, I was really, like I said, I've said this plenty of times before, I was only into action and sci-fi movies. And I hadn't seen an ending to a movie that really made you rethink everything you just watched. So Inception really made an impact on me in that way. And I was so mesmerized by this ending of the movie. And I actually watched this movie the next day. And at this point, I think I've seen Inception somewhere around 10 times. A lot of times, but... You know, Inception is my favorite movie, so yeah. But after watching this movie, it made me want to find more movies with interesting endings and complex narratives. And in doing so, I've been able to find things I like about other movies, and I've always wanted to keep looking for more great movies. And after watching Inception, I realized that the director, Christopher Nolan, also directed the Dark Knight trilogy, which I was already a fan of. So I started my branching out process by watching some other movies of his like The Prestige which is another fantastic movie in my opinion and through branching out to all genres of movies from all decades I came to realize that my favorite movie genre is psychological thrillers. Uh, The Prestige was one of those movies I watched soon after Inception that falls into that genre to a degree and soon after that I watched Prisoners which is also somewhat of a psychological thriller and it's also that's another one of my all-time favorite movies and then soon after that I watched Seven And that movie is easily top three of all time for me. And it was another one of those movies, like Inception, where I watched it again the next day because it was so interesting. I loved the concept of it. It's a crime movie, but also a psychological thriller. Um, And then another one I discovered that's also top ten of all time worthy for me is Shutter Island. And I think the reason I like psychological thrillers so much is because, one, the human mind has always fascinated me. And I've mentioned this before. I'm a psychology major. I plan to go to grad school for it. And two, since I started watching horror movies, I always liked the idea of horror movies, but I always thought they were too cheesy, that they lacked any type of depth, and that they were too predictable. And though there are definitely exceptions to that, psychological thrillers to me are like intelligent horror movies, and sometimes that can make them even scarier. And through finding movies like these, I was able to take note of certain actors and actresses and certain directors I liked. And that's kind of the first way I started branching out outside of my comfort zone was finding these actors, actresses, and directors that I liked and looking up to see what other uh, works they were famous for. So I'd go watch those movies and things like that. Uh, But this is ultimately what led me to researching movies that are critically acclaimed, cult classics, and just really famous movies amongst the general public. I've been trying to watch as many as possible. I started doing this towards my last two years of high school, which is when I had watched Inception. I also realized that I really enjoy paying attention to other aspects of the movies as well outside of the acting and the narratives, such as directing, the cinematography, the music, and so on and so forth. I just enjoy learning about, you know, what went into making each movie and the pre-production, the production, and the post-production processes, just kind of how the movie came together and everything that went into it. Uh, But I became even more serious about watching all kinds of movies in my first semester of college, which was in the fall of 2018. I had a lot of time to myself because I commuted to school, and I've never cared for the social aspect of college. Most people seem to view college as a four-year social experience, which seems absolutely miserable to me. I'm actually a really huge introvert, which, you know, I run a podcast, I talk, I talk to people. might shock some people, but I'm really, I'm a really big introvert. I enjoy having interesting conversations one-on-one with people or even in small groups, but the typical college lifestyle doesn't appeal to me in one bit. But because of all this, in my free time, I watched a bunch of movies. And I discovered an app called Letterboxd, 
which is essentially a form of social media that allows you to keep a diary of the movies you watch, write reviews, make any kind of list you want, and you can also have followers and comment on the posts of movies people watch. It's a really cool app. So I started using it during my second semester of college in the winter slash spring semester of 2019, and it's been a great way for me to keep up with the movies I watch or the movies I want to watch and the ones I've already seen. And at the same time, I was also researching movies I need to watch that are essential for movie buffs. And I've seen a bunch of them uh, at this point. I've seen movies of all genres in various decades, and I enjoy really all genres at this point. And in doing so, I've been able to find a way to successfully gauge whether or not I'm going to like a certain movie by figuring out which types of movies I like and don't like. But there are times when some movies I don't expect to like can really surprise me and blow me away. But I've seen a good majority of the movies that are deemed essential for movie buffs. And some I like, some I don't, but I honestly just really enjoy watching any type of film, and I like hearing all types of opinions when it comes to movies. I actually find it really interesting when people have controversial opinions with certain movies, and I like hearing different opinions from mine. Now, there are some people out there who get mad when people dislike movies they like, but I think that's ridiculous. There's no right or wrong when it comes to which movies people enjoy. You know, it's subjective. My interest in learning people's different opinions on all types of movies was a key factor when it came to me launching this podcast. The fall semester of my sophomore year of college, which was the fall semester of 2019, I started brainstorming the idea of starting a YouTube channel for reviewing movies. At the same time, I was already planning on taking the following semester off since I was ahead of semester, and I needed to figure out where I wanted to transfer. So that was kind of why I wanted to take that semester off. But I thought I'd start a YouTube channel over the past winter break and see what happened with it when I took the semester off. And I thought I'd start with Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And I tried making a video and didn't really enjoy it because I didn't entirely enjoy talking by myself or editing the video. And I realized what I really wanted to do was have a dialogue with somebody about movies rather than reviewing movies personally. I also liked the idea of doing a podcast more than a YouTube channel. So I started this podcast, and I hope to someday have video versions of the podcast on YouTube. But I started off with my first episode talking about The Rise of Skywalker with my friend Tucker. And it was lots of fun, and I've been uploading episodes ever since. I try to have guests as much as possible because I think it's more fun. But I also don't mind doing some by myself occasionally like this. And I started this podcast off with trying to center topics around movies that were coming out. But literally about two months afterwards, COVID hit and theater shut down. So I quickly came up with the movie screen quarantine series. I know there are theaters that are reopening, but for now I'm going to stick with this movie screen quarantine series and talking to guests through Zoom because I'm still not going anywhere since I have immunocompromised family members and I'm not going anywhere if I don't have to. So Though at some point, hopefully soon, I'll feel better about theaters and I'll be able to center topics around movies as they are being released. But I'm enjoying doing the Movie Screen Quarantine series because it allows me to talk about really any topic when it comes to movies and I like the creative freedom that comes with that. I'm having lots of fun making content for this podcast and I'm currently finishing my bachelor's degree through online school. So this podcast also gives me something to do in my free time. Anyways, this was a nice change of pace to talk about my journey with movies, how I became a movie buff, and why I started this podcast. And I'd love to know why you love movies and which movies have made the most impact on you and your life. And you can do so by messaging me at mcneil.and.friends.podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to tune in for more episodes in this series, and don't forget to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast on the platform you listen to podcasts, so you can be notified when new episodes are released. Stay safe out there, everybody, and once again, thank you for listening. Thank you.